This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. I've just had the fright of my life. Um, oh no! <laughs> I went to get the uh, the charger from behind the sofa for the MacBook to bring it upstairs to do this, and like the biggest spider just ran out <laughs> from like sort of by the plug socket on the floor. Oh no! Like went charging across. It missed my hand narrowly. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Oh cracky! Yeah. Yeah, it's that time of year, right? I don't know what's happened. Like maybe the flies are like extra juicy this year, but they are growing huge this year. They're bigger than I remember them being usually. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was a big spider, big big spider. I mean, I say that probably like Heidi's listening now, like laughing in Australia, <laughs> like big spider. <laughs> I'll show you big spider. But to me, it was a big spider. I'll say that. Yep. Oh man. Hey, did you um? Speaking of things that aren't creepy crawly, <laughs> getting off the subject. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see um, the MacBook leak that happened? This I week? saw bits of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had a bit, a bit of a week. We were quite poorly on Thursday, so it's a few things that I've missed. But um, yeah, I saw bits of it in that um, there's some pictures have been found. So yeah, new beta of Catalina ten point fifteen point one. Apparently there's um, like an icon for it that they found. Oh yes, buried in the OS. Yeah. So the uh, it looks reasonably legit. Like the image name is com.apple.macbookpro-16-silver.icns. <laughs> so it's clearly like an icon for it. Yeah. But I feel a little bit disappointed. I've got to be honest. Doesn't look mega different, um, does it? Sort of feel like a bit of a fool, really, for like going on about it for so long and waiting for so long, and it's just like oh. Yeah, just a little bit bigger. So this is the, <laughs> so the Matt Rumors page that says the icon looks similar to the 15 inch, but with slightly thinner bezels. Yeah, but it's still got a noticeable forehead. Yeah. relative to the side and bottom bezels. There's nothing on these images to really indicate things that could be interesting, like whether it's got Face ID in the top, for example. I was just really, really hoping for like a liquid retina screen. I guess. Yeah. So imagine like your 10R, but where you know where it curves into the corners of the device. Yep. On a MacBook, and all the concepts, like all the sites you you read about this thing, all the images that come up, obviously like concept art, but they all have that. It's almost like as soon as anyone mentioned the word 16-inch MacBook, same size chassis, roughly as the 15, it's almost like everyone's brains went to, well, they'll put a liquid retina. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same. Uh, uh, that's just feel a little bit let down really if I, if that's even possible you know so there's um, a possibility here i guess looking at things that if this is the direction um yeah it means that we've ended up with the size class but no real redesign on the the chassis um and yeah. everything else and i mean the, again just scanning the matt rumors article about it suggests that um it would have the same sort of keyboard as the 15 inch as well uh, well rumor has it that it's probably going to get some kind of scissor mechanism right some kind of like new uh was it glass fiber reinforced scissor switch mechanism okay so it's possible that you know this will dispatch the uh, butterfly keyboard okay so that if that happens that would actually be an improvement yeah and if you i don't know if you're able to like pinch to zoom in if you've got the article open zoom in on the image if you look really really closely hmm. to where the escape key is you can see almost like a, a little gap. Okay. Yes. Which indicates a physical escape key. <laughs> and if you look on the other side, there's a similar sized sort of gap on the right hand side, which is of like where the touch ID would be. Yep. So it's almost like it goes physical escape key, 
touch bar, then some kind of button, presumably touch ID slash power. Yep. On the right hand side. So there's potential changes. I mean, this is like, you know, having to zoom in on an image, it's kind of, you know, we're stretching a little yeah, bit here. Reading but, um, the sea leaves a little bit. Um, because again, th- you don't know. This could have been a placeholder that was generated a while ago, and it's there's actually a completely different machine in the works. This is what I'm kind of hanging on for. If I'm, <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm really honest, my first thought when I saw this was like, uh, it's just like a 15 inch that someone's put into like Photoshop and stretch slightly. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. The bezels are a little bit thinner, but I mean, come on, they're not that much thinner. <laughs> um, so I was a little bit like, oh damn it! And then I, I did think, yeah, maybe maybe this is like they had to put something in there, and they knew it'd probably be found, and maybe they just put something in there that is like placeholder. But I th- it looks kind of legit to me, though. I wouldn't be at all surprised if um, we just get a. Because we didn't, I thought we would get invites. If there's going to be an October event, I thought it would be on Thursday the invites would go out. Yeah. Based on what happened last year. Because last year's event was on October the 30th, so it's basically as late in October as you could possibly make it. And invites went out on the equivalent of last Thursday. Yeah, you know, that, that's ago. not happened. That's not happened. So, looking at this, I don't really think they can hold a, an event around this. If I'm being brutal about it, no. Like, you know, being honest this, about this it, this would um, be an event around some iPads, and then throw this in somewhere in the middle or at the end for five minutes. If you're going to yeah. cover it that way at all, let's assume there's no iPads, and you know, it's kind of probable that there might not be any iPad Pro refresh this year. Yeah, no real reason to have the event, right? No. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if this Tuesday or perhaps the following Tuesday. Um, what we now October the 20th we're recording this so on Tuesday which will be the 22nd or the following Tuesday I wouldn't be at all surprised if we just get a press release saying hey here's this new 16 inch MacBook Pro yep um, you know Renee Ritchie and the likes will probably end up in New York somewhere getting a tech you know briefing for the press yep and you know YouTube videos galore because all the YouTubers will probably get review units and they'll probably drop in the rumoured noise cancelling AirPods yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. I forget when it was now. Um, they did like a week, didn't they, where they had almost like a press release every day. Like what? every day there was something. Something new, yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if something like that happens now. A little bit disappointed, if I'm being quite honest with you. And I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure I'll, I'll get this, looking at it. No. So... It's just not enough. It's, it's just not what I wanted, really. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just in like the early stage of grief and then I'll come around and be like, no, actually, I was being silly. It's a really good laptop and I'll buy it. But um, oh, yeah, just, it's a bit of a, a weird, a weird positioning if you, you because you were sort of, this would be the machine to sort of take you for for a few years. And I sort of feel like, yeah. uh, I don't know, we'll have to see what they actually come out with and what, what the options are with it. But I, I do, I can kind of foresee that you might be reassessing your plans and looking at that idea of a smaller machine, but perhaps with a, an iPad in combo or something. Um, yeah, for me, that would look more attractive against what this, this machine looks like on the rumour. Um, I guess with a bit of a backstop to kind of sort of say, it, if this is the case and this is what the, the um, machine is going to be, it kind of looks like it's because they're not about to introduce new technology, new form factors for the MacBook Pro range with this machine. 
and then that kind of sort of means i mean it's a new form factor in terms of size but you know not really major sweeping changes um to things like the screen going edge to edge or, or the screen technology or that sort of stuff so it sort of feels like maybe in that case we're going to see this happen across the rest of the line next year you know a sort of post dub dub somewhere after that the next up big updates to um, the 13 inch or the 15 inch and maybe the 16 inch as well if it's in the lineup um, would then see those sort of changes um, mm. and with that in mind I don't know whether that then forces people like yourself who are sort of looking for that that you know big old machine to sort of take you through a few years would you then sort of feel like well damn I want to upgrade all over again now you know sort of come next next September October time because we are kind of end end of uh, cycle aren't we for the current design really Um, it's it's, it's due a big refresh so if we don't get it with the 16 inch then it kind of implies that that's that's going to happen next year yeah yeah part of me was thinking do I just get a I even thought at one point could I make doing a MacBook Air Mm mm-hmm yeah I mean, my Xcode projects aren't, like, huge. (laughs) So, um, you know, some developers have to consider, like, really throwing the horsepower at it. Um, Yeah. I suspect I'd probably want a little bit more power than what the Air has. Maybe the base model 13-inch, something along those lines. Yeah. core that can ramp its CPU up a bit when when it's required and the rest of the time just sort of live at 1.4 gigahertz, something like that. Yeah, so that'd be the the Um, 13-inch with the 256 drive. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. One of those configured with 16 gig of RAM is, is a decent machine. Part of me's thinking, should I just get the, you know, the i9 15 inch? Because that's, you know, that, um, what's that at now? 2549? Yep. Down from 2799. That's uh, quite an attractive price for that kind of machine. And I think this 16 inch will have that same chip anyway. Right. In terms of what processor they put in it. It may be that you know the sixteen inch gets some kind of better graphics, but honestly, I'd I'd be happy with integrated graphics at this point. I think I'm not really <laughs> a, a gamer, and and if and if I were, I and I wanted to use this laptop for some you know casual gaming, but still want to run some fairly hefty games. I'd probably look at eGPUs at that point. I think. Yeah, yeah. Consider it at the time. I think is the important thing for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking at upgrades for my my Mac Mini, um, and an eGPU is not something I'm really considering right now, um, just because I'm not doing anything that really can, needs that that sort of um, that sort of work. Oh, I, I don't know. I just feel thrown now. Really, this it's, it's just like I've, since February I've been like really looking forward to this, and now it's just like oh, you've just made it a little bit bigger. Um, <laughs> Oh, this I don't know. I'll, I'll wait. I'll, I'll reserve. Ju- I've, I'll reserve judgment. I, I feel like I'm being negative already, and it's not even out. No, nope. we've not even seen it properly. All we've seen is a silly icon that could be a placeholder. Yep. And and I, I hope on balance, <laughs> if I think about the things that I've criticised about the current lineup, if they fix that keyboard in a major way, then that will be a, a big difference. You know, for daily use, for kind of feeling that you're you're less likely to need to get it in for a repair anytime soon after buying it. You know peace of mind and yeah. all of that 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 would actually be a reasonably big deal i mean it's, it shouldn't be any sort of deal that i don't feel the problems with the keyboards should have happened um 
certainly shouldn't have been allowed to go on for as long as they have but um that it would there's there's a bunch of things that could still make this a, a very attractive machine although like the, the fourth gen butterfly keyboard that's on the 2019 models mm-hmm. we haven't had any sort of like terrifying reports about those failing i don't think okay so it may be that they're sort of fixed yep ish you know <laughs> and um <coughs> they uh they're covered by the four-year thing anyway so if they do go wrong in four years you get a whole new top case replacement yeah um which gives you a new battery as well so if you're on a three-year-old machine and it fails that machine's probably looking for a new battery anyway that's not too bad a deal i guess it's it's the time out of of not being able to have the machine i think that uh that gets me if you're not able to um i've got different consideration here actually um without having uh, Apple stores in New Zealand. It's all through authorised um, repair places. Yeah. And then your chances of finding stock are a bit different as well. So, uh, you know, it's not necessarily going to be a same-day repair, I guess is what I mean. Um, and it can quite often mean stuff gets shipped off to Australia and back. So, uh, for, really? Yeah, so it can be... Wow. <laughs> mm, can be a bit of a pain from what I've heard. Um, yeah, you're talking about yes. doing without a machine for maybe upwards of between seven to ten days. I think we just have to sit tight. I, I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on Mac rumors on Tuesday. Put it that way. Just you know, <laughs> refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> oh, I'll wait and see. Um, right, what else should we talk about? Instead <laughs> of me being sad about MacBooks, what were we going to talk about? Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I, I said about um, my little wobble that I had. Yeah, let's get into that. Let's get give give that some time. So where do I where do I start? Um, okay, wind the clock back to August last year, I suppose. I put out a sort of like a teaser, I guess you could call it, like a preview of, of an app idea I had. Um, went by the code name of Project Synapse. It's on my website still. You can sign up to the mailing list to find out more when I finally get around to making it. Um, <laughs> um, then I sort of came to a realisation that it's actually going to be quite hard to make this app once I kind of dug into it, it felt like the amount of time I had available and the scope that this app had, it kind of felt like I'd be working on it for like the next five to 10 years. (laughs) And I thought maybe I should sort of realign my sort of expectations a little bit and think of perhaps a more suitable project to work on. Yeah. Taking into account the amount of time I have available to work on it. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's a side thing. It's my iOS stuff. Um, so I set out on a, you know, designing a new app. I didn't sort of go public with it in the same way as I did with this project signups. Um, I went sort of directly to people in the industry and sort of asked them, Hey, what do you think of this? And I sort of had like a landing page cobbled together that I sent them in, in the format of a PDF and they could check it out and get like a you know, preview of the app. So I started working on that app a little bit which it was like a an rss reader and i started working on the back end component of it because i wanted to have a a, a directory because i think a lot of rss readers suffer in that you load them up and then there's kind of just like a button to add your feeds and a lot of people i speak to who aren't really sort of techie people they're just normal people um whenever i showed them a lot of other rss readers out there that did this they were like well, well what do i do what what is first of all what's an RSS feed, and second of all where where do I go to get one? Because quite often they're kind of 
buried in the footer of someone, you know, like a big news site, they're buried in the footer of, a, of the website. And it, they're just, it's kind of hard for people that aren't sort of into RSS. So I thought, yeah. I will make an RSS reader for, you know, for like normal people. And, um, <laughs> you know, not, not, not sort of RSS nerds. And I kind of, because I'm using my 2010 MacBook Pro at the moment, Xcode development is, uh, is hard, basically, yeah. because uh, it takes a long time for it to compile, it takes a long time for it to do anything, and so I thought, I know what I can do. While I'm waiting to see what I, see, you know, while I wait to get this, get a new machine sorted, I'll um, get to work on the back end, because that doesn't requ- really require very much in terms of the, the machine that I work on, so it's a good use of the time. And through doing that, I set out to make the structure for the directory. And then it dawned on me that it's actually going to be a lot of work to keep this directory up to date. Yes. First of all, it's going to be a lot of work to populate the directory initially. It's going to be a lot of ongoing work to keep it up to date and also just kind of keep it curated. So maybe every few weeks, days, I'm not quite sure on the timescale, I'll come out with sort of like curated collections, whether that be you know, a collection of sites that you might be interested in subscribing to in the RSS reader, or maybe a collection of articles that are sort of topical in some way. Um, you know, dare I say it, like a collection of articles about whatever's going on in Brexit or, or, or some other... Whatever somebody's particular interest is, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, like if there's a... Like the Apple event or WWDC, I could maybe curate a, a good selection of articles surrounding that and have that as like a little collection within the directory that people could browse to. I suddenly thought, do I want that to be my job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. This, this is a, uh, yeah, it's the other side of, of you could build it, you know, that, that the, and the building is one side of it, but then the running of it is this completely other beast. Yeah. And it, it's only when I started to build it and then I sort of had it built, part of the back end built, and I thought, right, I can start sort of collecting sites into the different categories that I'm going to have and I started going off searching for you know I started with tech because tech is what I know um it took me quite a long time to sort of sort of build it out yeah and then I thought right my next category is like business that I was going to have I thought blimey like wh- wh- where do I go <laughs> like, I don't know what what sites are good for business because I don't read them um and it, yeah it just gave me a bit of pause I was looking at the the old landing page for Project Synapse, which is like a notes and task manager and sort of time tracking thing all rolled into one. Yeah. And a lot of the reasons that stopped me from pursuing it last year, some of them have gone away thanks to iOS 13. Okay. So there's some like easier wins now because I, w- I wanted to have pencil support. Yeah. It would have been quite a, quite a bit of work to get the pencil support in there. But now we've got Pencil Kit with iOS 13, so I kind of get a lot, a lot more for free. And I know, I know a lot of drawing apps maybe still want to pursue their own um, sort of pencil engine, if you like, because that's almost like their their USP, isn't it? If you're like a, an artist app or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for basic input, uh, Pencil Kit and and everything you can get from that is, you know, brilliant for for your kind of use case. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be an artist app. I'm sort of being more like a doodle pad. Yeah. Just to get an idea out of your head. You know, sort of handwritten flow charts or little diagrams or, you know, the sort of stuff you might embed in a note. Yep. So, yeah, I just I just looked through it again. And I haven't looked at it in ages, um, this landing page. And I kind of looked at it. I thought, God, that would be a really good app. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
was like, damn, this looks really good. Who thought of this? Yeah. <laughs> kind of made me, made me want it and therefore made me want to build it. And I, I just feel, I feel like I've just had a bit of a wobble really this week. Okay. Like I feel like I've, I was on course with my RSS reader and I don't know whether just because I've sort of hit a hard bit in building it and now I'm like quickly pivot and now I'm going to start building this project synapse thing. Because what I don't want to happen is then I go down the route of project synapse find something that's hard with it and be like, oh, I'll go back to the RSS reader yeah. and then keep bouncing between the two and ultimately achieving nothing. Yep, that's, that's easily done. Um, when you've got multiple projects that are in the offing, it's very easy to kind of just ping pong between them, especially as, as it's um, a side project. So there's nobody, you know, cracking the whip um, other than yourself with this one. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and at this stage, you've got no users either sort of like, you know, begging you for features or, or anything like that to sort of dictate where you focus your time. Um, so I don't know, I said with both of these ideas and everything that you've described so far, I kind of feel like you would benefit from, um, I mean, I would do this with like post-it notes even or something, um, physical notes and, and essentially write out the, a few things. So you sort of look about kind of going through everything that each app can be. And I would recommend doing it for both apps actually as well because you've got two ideas kind of fighting for your attention here so this is a way of sort of filtering them down um and whichever one you decide to sort of pause you've you if you go the process i'm about to describe then you will probably still have a good snapshot of the approach for it when you're ready to spend time so what i'm suggesting is is you, you go through the idea itself break it down into the the key features the key functionality um and essentially kind of go 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 through each feature go through its sort of subcomponents because you're thinking of this like a dev so this is your immediate thought you know this thing will do this this thing will do that you've probably got an idea from your designs and from what you've got in your head of when i look at this screen and or this particular part of the the app or this feature these are things that are available um and get all of this detail down, post-it notes sort of style and group things together. Um, and then essentially just pull a thread through and um, go, okay, well, what order would I build this in? What's the most important thing? What does it have to have, you know, day one? I open the app, it's got to have an onboarding screen or it's got to have, this is this is the main, you know, um, front page of the app. And at the very least, these are, Say you've got an option for five different tabs if it's a tabbed um, type of app and you might go through those and you might say actually day one only two of those are vital, you know, and the others are sort of nice to have. And you start to pull a thread and with all of this information out of your head and in front of you and start to, to kind of essentially what you're looking for is an ordering of the features against um, versions of the app is kind of the literal output that you're going to get. And it will give you an idea of the overall scale. And potentially what you can do is also then ring a few of these and sort of go, okay, how achievable is that today? Is that easy? Is that hard? Is that one of these things that's going to make me kind of reach a block point um, or what? And, and kind of ring ring those, put another another color post-it note next to those ones or whatever it is that you're using to organize it. And when you do that, for both of them, you should get an idea of which one is, is really the most viable to kind of just just crank out and get to a version one because uh, i think that's the big deal is is, is getting to that that shipping moment 
Yeah. Um, I feel like I could crank out the RSS reader yep. pretty quickly if I didn't bother with the directory. Okay. You might have fallback options there where, for example, if you had a feature that as you add, um, you can add RSSs manually, yeah, for sure, if you know the URL. But if you were to have a feature where you just browse to a page and then you do some scraping of the html from that page or whatever it is to discover the rss feeds inside of it there might be a halfway house where people can sort of you know they browse for the the sites and and if you detect an rss feed in it you could surface something on the ui to say hey do you want to add this to make it a bit easier for for the user yeah if you had a mechanism like that you could also then potentially have a um an api call that sends that discovered RSS back to your directory. So, so there might be ways here that you can sort of, yes, it's going to be simple when it starts off and you've not got a directory, but maybe you could start seeding a directory for, for when you build it later on. That, that, that could be another, there could be a few things like that where you can kind of, you know, you're not building the full feature, but you're, you're laying down something that enables it a little bit better sort of later on and kind of harnesses um, users a little bit as well to sort of help crowd yeah. crowdsource some of this for you. Yeah, because at the moment, I kind of feel like it's just me sort of Googling around. Like, I've, when I got to the business section, I was like, what, what, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So I just started Googling for, like, best business blogs, and I thought, well, I'll just copy and paste them out of these, whatever I find on Google. But that's not a curated directory. That's just no. whatever rubbish I found on Google, basically. Uh, there's a, there's um, another thing as well. As soon as you're into... Um, having a directory and having curation, you kind of then, um, you're on the hook for a level of responsibility as well. And I don't just mean yeah. kind of um, the responsibility of putting stuff out all the time and making sure it's there, but even as much as um, sensitive content and that side of things as well. You know, the, you you as one person, I, I would say you're not going to have enough time to watch out for things like, I don't know, extremist sort of content of, of some sort or whatever that, that people might be upset. Yeah, like hate speech. Exactly, something. yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, and then, but then the problem is the moment something like that creeps into one of your your directories and gets surfaced, if you're doing anything automatically to an end user, is a moment you've got a really kind of potentially negative experience Um for, for that user and then that reflects badly on you so the overhead isn't just the doing of it as well you've got all these other sort of gotchas that could creep out um so i don't know I, I can kind of see the point of actually yeah taking it taking it to a much simpler mvp that just lets you sort of get started and try and make the experience around that as good as it can possibly be whilst you know not being as easy as having a, a browsable directory or whatever it is um you know, so maybe, like I say, maybe an auto-detect the feeds kind of feature gets you halfway there or something like that. Um, so if you were to put in, like, the BBC News website, just like the plain BBC News website, as if you go in there to read it, yep. then it will kind of crawl the HTML and yeah, or, pull out an RSS link if it can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, gotcha. and there's probably, I mean, there'll be existing tags and everything else to define what those feeds are. So it may, once you get going, it may not be that hard. Um you could even um, show the web page, obviously, at the same time to the user in a web view. Um, so that, yeah, there might be somewhere, something there um, to uh, 
to just make that discovery a little bit easier. I kind of feel like without the directory, what's what's like the USP of the app? Like, what is it doing that the other apps aren't doing? Yeah. Like, what what am I contributing? Because I'm kind of very similar to the other apps that already exist. Yep. I mean, I, I could I could take the high range and be like, oh, well, mine's beautifully designed, but they, they all look pretty nice. <laughs> um, you know, there's some that aren't, but, you know, a lot of them look good. So I, can't, I don't feel like I can come in and be like, oh, well, mine obviously is like, it's as if Apple made it or yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Artisanal RSS uh, reader. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I could really go down that road too far without looking like a fool before much longer. Um, yeah. I guess I'm kind of weaving in Read It Later with it as well. Yep. Um in the sense that I want to make a, a thing. So if you're in Safari and you see something you like, you could you know hit the little share button, you know, the square of the arrow pointing out of it, um, and then add it to my app for later. Yep. And then it would kind of save it for offline later on. Um, I guess that's kind of an angle. These, my other the- angle is I'm taking like an inbox approach, similar to Castro does with podcasts. Okay, yep. In that you have an inbox where everything lands, and that's almost like where you triage stuff. Yep. So you can either say, oh, I'll quickly read it now, and then be done with it. Or you can be like, no, I don't want that, delete. Or you can be like, oh, that'd be good, I'll save it for later. Then it goes into what you call the read list, hence the app's called read list. Yep. Um, and then it gets saved for later, and you can sort of put it into folders. So you might have a folder for programming tutorials or cooking recipes. Yep. And stuff can either end up in the read list via the inbox in the app where all of your feeds land or it can be like you found something in safari and you want to save it in there for later and just carry on using safari as you were i don't know whether that's enough of an angle that would be like an app extension or something to yeah to give you that yeah a couple of journalists that i approached said that they liked the fact that it does read in the weave it later thing in quite a neat way yep um when i've spoken to people about the directory um sort of people in the apple sort of media press circle more than one of them have kind of been like oh like directory that sounds especially when i've said it would be curated they're like oh yeah who's going to curate it and like, <laughs> i will and they're like oh yeah really <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i do I, I, my, my gut feel here is that you've not got time to curate as a solo dev not not to the level that um that i think it would probably ultimately demand. I could um, maybe do like a what's popular tab or something. Yeah, I feel like you need to look at I'm, ways of automating that. So kind of think of your flow through from sort of version one that probably doesn't have it. Think about ways that you can build the basis for, for having a level of, of like algorithmically de- delivered, um, you know, browsable areas of information, whether that's like a, a what's popular area or you know something directory like or whatever um but but look at just like a discover tab or something where if someone someone say say i'm subscribed to i don't know the loop and i'm reading one of the stories on the loop and i'm like hey that's cool and then i i like it in the app yep whether that then sort of just goes into the into the mix to say you know one person not identifying me personally but someone just said that they liked an article on the loop so that then tells me two things first of all the loop is putting out good content second of all that article in particular is good yes so that's then that's then like a waiting 
that the algorithm could take into account to be like, well, the loop's looking like it's a pretty good site. Yep. It is. And second <laughs> of all, this article in particular is looking good. Um, and maybe I could generate something on that basis. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Um, and there's a whole host of other edge cases and stuff that will come in down the line as well. Like, you know, people, if you had a, re- if your app was super, super popular, you may end up with people trying to game that system, you know, but yeah, like, that'd be a nice problem to have. And, and you'd be able to figure, figure <laughs> things out about that at, at the time. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, you'll come across these things as well as you sort of go through where you're like, oh, but what about that? But what about that? And, and my recommendation would be to just make a list and then, you know, deal with these things when they actually become problems rather than sort of early over-optimizing from the start. Yeah. Because there's usually like a quick hack or something you can do to sort of put something out that will stop an immediate, you know, problem. Um, and then you can take the time to sort of and handle it a little bit better or whatever but if you try and do all these things at the beginning you'll be forever developing it and never never delivering it yeah. um, so i don't know if i've been much help really dave other than i think you need to to kind of get everything out of your head and in front of you and then then kind of compare things a bit you're right you are absolutely right yeah i think if anything this conversation has sort of swung the pendulum back towards continuing with read list yep just because i've kind of started it now and i've started it in the back end sense although if this conversation is what i end up going with most of that would have been wasted effort (laughs) (laughs) might come in handy down the road though um second of all i've got some stuff i've been sort of half making it in swift ui anyway getting the ui built up so i feel like i've got something i've started yep um it'd be a shame to just throw it away and quickly pivot back to to project synapse which is a project that i intentionally said no to um quite some months ago for what i feel are pretty good reasons i think i said to myself i'd get i'd get read list made because it's smaller in scope and more appropriate in scope for the time i have available yep then i can maybe look at synapse again and i just feel like this week i've had a bit of a wobble um mostly because of when the scope of that directory kind of unfolded before me um even though people said to me like oh you know you're going to curate a directory eh and i was like yeah it'll be fine (laughs) um (laughs) and then i started to actually attempt to just do the first level of inputting stuff into that directory and i was like oh god (laughs) this is a i think i had like 30 or 40 categories and i was only on like it took me ages to get the tech category built out and once i started getting onto the other ones it was like okay this is going to uh yeah, this is going to be some serious effort. Yeah. Um, you can imagine if even if you were coming into doing that, and that is how you're going to run it, if you were coming into that with like a bunch of, of data that's been built up from users for a little while ahead of that, you know, because you've already put version 1.0 out or whatever it is, that would make your life a lot easier as well to some degree because you'd have a load of stuff already identified in categories that you don't necessarily um, that you don't necessarily know about. You could even build it so that people tag from a, a preset range of categories where they think this feed should live when they add it. You know, so yeah. that categorization's already kind of been done for you. Some, you'll still have to sense check it and stuff, but yeah, there's a there's a potential here of kind of getting some of the, the, the legwork done, if you like, ahead of time. Sitting here now, having had this conversation, I, I feel like a rethinking of the whole directory thing is more appropriate 
is a more appropriate response <laughs> versus completely shifting gears and starting on another project. I mean, I know I said that iOS 13 gives me some things for free in you know, with uh, project signups, but I think, yeah, on balance, I think I need to continue with um, with read lists. And I can still, those things I get for, you know, quote unquote free with uh, iOS 13, they're still going to be there. Yep. Like when the time comes. So, yeah, I think you're right. I just need to get all this stuff out of my head and um yeah I, I feel like i'm kind of just sort of floundering in a way mm-hmm. um i kind of haven't got the right mac for the job at the minute that's gonna be a so, problem um yeah but hopefully that, that'll yeah. sort in one way or another in the next hopefully couple this, of weeks hopefully this will resolve itself pretty pretty quick Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads, that's RoboHead spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com, again that's RoboHead spelled with a Z. How about you Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter I'm at underscore DaveNot.com.